0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 871. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbeyesmach at fortorahorg And so we have in this week's parasha, Parsha's emar, a discussion, of course, of all of the variety of holidays that occur throughout the year, and specifically the period of time in which we are in right now, usfartem so you're supposed to count from Meemacharas Hashabas, we understand that to be the day after Pesach, from Meemacharas Hashabas, from the day that the Omer Hatanufa, the waving Omer, the waving sheaf, is brought. We'll describe that in a moment. Sheba seven weeks to Mimos Tiyana, they are to be complete. You're supposed to keep counting, the puzzle continues, until the day after the last Shabbos in that sequence, which would be the seven weeks, hence, and you're supposed to bring a new mincha. So that mincha, that new carbon, is a these two carbonos are not actually animal carbonos. The first one is made out of barley. The second one is made out of wheat, not only wheat, but fine flour, specifically made out of chametz, which is really interesting. It goes from barley to chametz, but all that there is during this period of time is a mitzvot counted days. Now, simply, the reason that there's a mitzvot counted days is this is day two after they got out of Egypt, or at least representative of day two after they get out of Egypt. Day one is Pesach, day two, the very first full day that they have, they are now beginning this count. It sort of implies and underlines how precious time is, and particularly the time between this moment and the moment that they will receive the Torah. But we know that over the course of history, there have been other things that have been attributed to this period of time that we know as Sfirah HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, that have nothing to do, at least on face value, nothing to do with this count that's occurring. And so the story begins on a Gemara Nirvamas where it talks about you know, when a person accomplishes something when they're young, they should keep it up when they're older, because one should never sort of retire from Judaism. And so if you have students when you're young, you should have students when you're older. And it brings the story of Rabbi Yekiva. Rabbi Yekiva had 12,000 pairs of students all over the world, and they all passed, not a test, they passed away, because they did not have the requisite respect for each other. The um, the um Medrash expands on this a little bit and it says <speaking in Hebrew> They were just sort of small-eyed towards each other, meaning they had very narrow perspectives about each other. They did not give each other space or tolerance or understanding or allowed the, each other to flourish. And so Rebekiva goes <speaking in Hebrew> He goes to new teachers in the south and he rebuilds what he had, but he doesn't do so with a lot of students. He does so with very few, and these very few students are some of the great names of that generation. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Judah, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shamuah. That's what the Gemara says. Uh, the Medrash points out that there are others: Rabbi Yochanan Ha'Sandler, Rabbi Eliyahu Ben Yaakov, and a couple others that are on the list: Rabbi Shembar Yochai, Rabbi Yochanan ben some of the very famous figures of the day, really the ones who really populate the Torah Shabal they populate the Mishnah. And so we know from here, and we find this in the Torah, and earlier in the, from the Torah, we find this in the Gaonim over a thousand years ago, that there was a custom not to get married during these days, and it was attributed to the mourning period because of the loss of these students. Now understanding why these students are lost, remember, these students teams were not being so particularly nice and kind. So why are we mourning? It sounds like we're mourning because of an incredible loss of Torah. But if the incredible loss of Torah is so great, then why were these students taking, taken away for such what seems to be a minor infraction? And I think the answer to that question, the very important answer to that question, is tracing Rabbi Akiva's history himself. Rabbi Akiva, the, the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva tells us about his students, that when he was young, when he was young, he really hated Torah scholars. He said, I'm going to bite the guy like a chamar, like a donkey. To which his students wonder, I don't understand. You bite like a dog, that's the metaphor, not donkey. He says, no, I would bite like a donkey because a donkey is able to Break bones, and I would want to break bones. And so you might just say, oh, Rabbi Kiva, he wasn't religious, he didn't like rabbis. But there seems to be something which uh, belies that, because in Rabbi Kiwa's sort of uh, mythical uh, formation story, which is this incredible story where he meets a girl, and the girl's impressed that he's ma'ali utznie, uh, he is. He has all the wonderful features, attributes, and he's a kind person. It doesn't seem like he's the type of guy who would want to go and bite scholars. So it seems that you can suggest that the pshat is as follows: Really, Rabbi Akiva's generation is the generation of sinat of baseless hatred. It's the generation of the destruction of the second base hamigdash, which we know was attributed to that sin. And indeed, even the scholars were involved in that sin. Maybe they justified. their scholarship, the reason that they hated each other. But that's what Rabbi Akiva couldn't stand. Rabbi Akiva was a mensch. And even the rabbinic class to which he was raised was not something that he could respect. And so he goes and develops his own students, but unfortunately his students suffer from the same ill of the generation. And so until he begins again with those new students, then he apparently was himself unable to undermine what was the tenor of the day of Sinas China. Now, it's really interesting because Rabbi Akiva ends up becoming the person who is um, Rabbi Akiva, Loving your friend like yourself, which we read in this past week's parasha, that is the number one principle that undergirds the entire Torah. I wonder if he taught that to his first students, if that was a result of the loss of his first students, it's really not clear. One other point that I would add is that during this period of time, you know, it seems particularly appropriate that these students were taken away. We know we learned Pirkei Avos during this period of time. And so, Pirkei Avos, the question, of course, is why? Maybe it's because we have more time on a Shabbos afternoon, and it's a nice thing to learn. But many attribute Pirkei Avos to the first line, Moshe kibbal Torah, Mishinah, we're preparing for Matan Torah. Pirkei begins with the line Moshe Kibbal Tarumi Sinai and it goes through the entire chain of transmission. And of course the question is why does this Mishnah of all other Mishnayos start with this chain of transmission? Why would this one be so special? It's not the first, it's not the most important. So some understand that the reason is to show that our ethics also come from Sinai. But I always thought to suggest, and I think I've seen in other places as well, that no, the point of Moshe Kibbal Tarumi Sinai is that we are supposed to know that everybody in the chain of transmission had what to teach about Pirkei Elos, about ethics, about morals, about living a good life. Everybody in that chain of transmission had what to share. And that's why, during this period of time specifically, between the Jews getting out of Egypt and then going to receive the Torah, we learn this curriculum, why? Because what does it mean to prepare for 49 days to receive the Torah? What do you have to prepare with? You don't have any mitzvahs, you don't have any commands, so what is there to use to be able to prepare? And the answer is, we can prepare ourselves to be good, kind people. We don't need mitzvahs per se to be able to figure all of that out, but we need to refine ourselves, to work on our character to be able to be recipients of the Torah. So it's exactly during this period of time, this period of time, which is focused on the Midos, the Ben Adam Lechavero, to be able to then receive the Ben Adam Lamakom, to first be well-versed in between man and man, to then be able to focus on our relationship and the mitzvot and the tools and the methodologies to be able to then connect to God. This is the period of time in which Such students, students who only represented the Torah but did not represent Judaism's personal ethic, those students were taken away. It all drives together, particularly if you think about the goal of this count. We count up. We count from 1 to 49 over the course of these days. And what's interesting about this count is usually if it's a countdown, you know, think about the ball on New Year's Eve, we count down, we don't count up, but the reason we count up is because every day is hopefully building on the day prior. And so therefore we are growing throughout this process. And the counting 1 through 49 implies that essential growth. And then when we take a look back at the carbonos that are brought, it makes a lot of sense. Because on the very first day we bring a barley carbon, that's the omer. And the barley was seen as animal food, it wasn't something which was so respectable, it wasn't something that we would eat, it wasn't refined. And then we climb, hopefully, through those 49 days and bring the Shtey HaLechem. The Shtey HaLechem are two loaves, two loaves made of chametz, fine refined wheat. This is not just human food, but it's the best of human food. It's even chametz. It's fluffy. It's processed. It's not like the barley that can be eaten straight out of the ground, eaten by the animals. It's something that requires a tremendous amount of work to be able to refine, to be able to bake, to be able to put together. And not only that, but stay. there are two of them. Perhaps that implies the ability for us to be together, to be together as people. And so not only does this process involve preparing for receiving the Torah, we learn that the preparing for receiving the Torah implies repairing and preparing ourselves to be able to get along with others, to be able to give kavod to others. That's why these students of Rabbi Akiva are so inappropriate to be the transmitters to the next generation, because they do not reflect the teachings of Meseches Avos. They have half of the Jewish story, but unfortunately they are unable to share the other half. Have a great day.